0: This week on Overtime, we take a deep dive into creating a battle plan to
1: showcase the love of God to any and all. Let's get it.
0: Center City Church, you already know.
1: Welcome to Center City Overtime, a weekly podcast where we take a little more time to dive into Sunday's message. And this week, we're at the end of our love series. Yeah. Fight for love. Fight for love. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. It is. It was fun. It was, and it will be fun in this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> um, but those ideas are kind of different, and so I just you know when I think of love, I think of like almost passive, like peacemaking and being nice to everyone, and yet this is an idea of fighting. And so before we get into kind of the the nitty gritty of it all, we talk a little bit about that dynamic.
0: Yeah, so um, the writer in First John um, kind of ends chapter four, starts chapter five in this weird place where, you know, he kind of recaps the whole chapter by saying, "Hey, listen, love for God means that you love His children, and then love for God means that you love His Word, and His Word shouldn't be burdensome because He understands the anxiety of humanity that you know sometimes we feel the weight of that, and He's like, no, it should be a bless. The Word should be a blessing to you in the way that you live." But then he instantly moves to this idea of a fight or battle. And I think that that's important because I think what the writer wants you to know, specifically in 2023, so much of our thinking is that life is about love. And love is this, to your point, this nice thing that we trip on. And then, you know, we don't have to necessarily um, fight for love because it just kind of happens. And I like, no, no, no love requires a battle like there's a battle in place to try to remove that love there's a there's an evil world that we're struggling with and if we're not aware it's like we're in a fight that we're not aware of and that never works out well for a person to be in a fight that they're Mm -hmm. not aware of
1: has that ever happened to you
0: uh yeah on a couple of how do you
1: get in a fight that you're not aware of (laughs) okay i was going
0: to share this story but my 12th grade year i just found out that i failed or i was failing spanish My 12th grade year. It's like, dude, what? Like, (laughs) the one class that I needed, it was ridiculous. Anyway, walking down the hallway already in a frustrated mood. And one of the linebackers from the school who was brand new, um, I I saw what happened. Somebody ran past him and slapped him in the back of his head. Another guy from the team. And he turned around to kind of figure out who slapped him and noticed the guy who slapped him was bigger than him. So instantly he was like, all right, well, let me find somebody who's not so big. And again, this is all happening. I had no understanding of what's happening. So he turned around and slaps my books out of my hand. Again, I had no idea, no (laughs) clue what was happening. So when I reached down to pick up my books, he threw this crazy hook and I happened to just kind of trip into him and stand up at the same time. So now I got this guy on my shoulders and it was, it was, cra- it was a crazy series of events where I was like, I'm in the middle of this fight. And I have no idea. All I'm thinking about is I got to get my F up so I can graduate high school. And I was in the middle of a fight. I had no idea what was happening.
1: That's such a good illustration, though, if you think about it. Like, So often we're just so laser focused oh, on what's going on ourselves that we do forget that we're in this. We're part of a world that's bigger than what we can see and that's bigger than just us and and yeah, we can get so consumed with what's happening in our own lives, which may be important. It's not that we don't care about those things, that we we don't realize that we're in this fight. So, And remember, like the,
0: the writer, really intentional, doesn't use the word fight. He used the word battle. And I think that's important because I can get into a fight one time. Mm-hmm. A battle is a series of fights. And you can win a fight and completely lose the battle. Mm-hmm. But he wants you to know that this is a battle. Um, and, and love you know, must be fought for.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you spent Sunday kind of going through what a general would do to make a battle plan. And, um, I have to confess I have notes here because I'm good at remembering the bible stuff, but some of this stuff just goes straight over my head. I'm not, I'm not a strategy game person. I'm just not into it. So I have late notes. late nights playing Risk? No, I've played Risk one time. And uh, I lost my interest really fast, unlike everyone else that I was with. And it was just not a fun evening for me. Oh, I'm sure it wasn't fun
0: for them, too.
1: (laughs) Oh, I thought they had a great time. Thank you. (laughs) What about you? Uh,
0: Played Risk a bunch when I was in high school, when I had time. Like, I think the game of Risk, those strategy games, one of the things you're risking is your social life and family time. And my my wife wouldn't be good with me spending eight, eight hours on a game. But back then, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well... Just channel that as All we right, talk about this, this battle plan. So the first thing that you have is situation analysis. Like that's not even making a plan at this point. It's just recognizing what situation we're in. So what would you say is the situation for us?
0: Yeah, John says it for uh, for every child of God um, that we defeat the evil world. The situation is that we're living in a day and age where we're in the middle of an evil world that there's some things that are warring against and and i don't you know i know we'd like to use all kind of crazy definitions for the world word evil but really it's anything that wars against the love of god Mm -hmm. um and that's where we're in the middle of like that's that's until the day that he comes back that's the world we find ourselves in
1: yeah and um it's it's pretty straightforward but then from that situation we have to make our objectives like Mm -hmm. and that's what we want to achieve so what is our objective
0: uh to overcome that world um, he's really, really clear here. It's not that we're looking to escape that world. Mm-hmm. I think that unfortunately, there's kind of this um, nuance of, of Christianity right now, the church world. That's the objective is to bubble ourselves and seclude ourselves. Um, that that is not found biblically. The thought isn't um, the thought isn't escape. The thought is rescue. How how are we in the middle of this? this world, to overcome the world through the love that the Lord has placed in yes, us.
1: that's such a good reminder. And I also, you talked about this a little on Sunday, but I think in this place that we live in, this time in the United States in 2023, it's really easy to hear overcome the world and to interpret that as overcome anyone who disagrees with me. Yeah. Um, and, and yet that's really not what John is saying here. No. It's not what God is saying it's not actually about the people because you've got a verse from Ephesians maybe pulled up in your head, but, you know, it says our battle isn't against flesh and blood. No,
0: it's against uh, <clears throat> evil forces and depending on your translations, the unseen world mm-hmm. it uses that phrase unseen. So again, if you find yourself in a place where you're battling flesh and blood and you can see a quote unquote enemy that's flesh and blood, it's the wrong direction we don't war against people we war against principalities and i think it's important because i think it's easy to set our aim and sight at people it's easy to set our heart to kind of divide and figure out who belongs and who doesn't belong but that's that should never be the role of the church the church mm-hmm. is to fight those unseen things now that's not as easy it requires discipline on our part it requires empowerment of the holy spirit because i don't know about you i don't i don't know how to deal with the unseen world but empowered by the spirit of god if he's asking me to battle against the unseen world it's because he's given us the resources i'm not trying to jump ahead no, that's okay. he's given us the resources that are necessary to fight that fight so yeah, I think I think it's critical to understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood.
1: Yeah, and even when people have done us wrong, like just remembering that there are also forces at work within and around them, and um, yeah, it's just it's hard. It's really easy to talk about, yeah. but it's really hard to do and to remember. Um, Takes that Holy Spirit. So now that we've got our situation and we've got our objective, this is where it kind of starts to get fun because strategy is what comes into play now. So what is our strategy in this situation where we're trying to overcome the world?
0: To overcome the world, according to what we just pitched, the strategy needs to be love. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I know that that's a really kind of churchy thought. But, it, you know, I say love and I think for so many people, you you have in your head like Hallmark Movie, Cupid, Arrow, I'm gonna trip like over love and it's gonna organically happen. And then when I don't feel love, I need to, I can't watch movies anymore. Like it's driving me crazy. These TV shows, movies, every time I watch something and it's supposed to be romantic, it makes me sick to my stomach, right? Like she left him, he left her. Everybody's in shambles. Everybody's miserable. And then somebody over a cup of coffee walks into a a bar and instantly there's love. And that's how the movie ends chasing this ethereal feeling. Love requires work. It requires fight. You, you, if you talk to someone who's been married for more than a second, they're going to tell you so much of love is a choice. If you talk to friends who've been connected for for decades, you're gonna you're gonna know there's gonna be moments where they didn't like each other. Someone had to do work, um, and I know that we again we don't like that. We don't like this idea. I've even sat in classes where people said love shouldn't be work, and I'm like, you could say that to you blue in the face. Um, but biblically, what we find is that we need to battle not just with love, but for love. It requires that strategy and what i love about this passage is that it's he's saying you put your faith in the love of god i'm not putting my trust in anything else my strategy to overcome the world is putting my trust in the love of god that rescues that revives that renews that restores and not only do i have faith that he can do that in me I have faith that he can do that in my non-believing neighbor, in my non-believing co-worker, in, my, in that girl that's in your life that is struggling through relationship and selling through self-doubt, in that teenager that's cutting themselves when nobody watches, and that, that friend of the family who's an addict, for that friend of the family who has a, the CEO of a company and making all kinds of money and on the outside looks like he has it all together, but internally is struggling to find love and find purpose. Like all of those people, the love of God is enough. It's enough. So that's my strategy is to put faith in the fact that the love of God can restore, renew, uh, uh, revive. It, it leads us to a place of repentance like that is the beauty of the power of the love of God. And it's not just available to me, but it's available to others. And that's what it means to put faith. That's why that's my strategy in overcoming the world.
1: It ties in so well to what we've been talking about going through 1 John 4 that you can't do that unless you've accepted that perfect love. Like you can't put your faith in something that you haven't actually mm-hmm. experienced. And the only way that you can love people when they frankly aren't very lovable is if you are experiencing perfect love, so you're not needing something back from them out of that. Like it just So good. It makes me understand how Jesus says, love your enemies. Like this is the only way that you can do that is when you've got this perfect love and you know that you have this perfect love. But it's hard.
0: It is. But that's why it's a battle. Mm -hmm. And that's why it requires this type of focused thought and and a good battle plan.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the last part of the battle plan, once you have your strategy, is the tactics. How are we going to accomplish our strategy of love? Yeah, so tactics are
0: different than strategy. Strategy is what I'm trying to do. Tactics is how I'm doing the thing I'm trying to do. So uh, uh, if the tactic is let's just take a passage. For instance, love your neighbor. The strategy mm-hmm. is we got to love our neighbor. Um, you can't love your neighbor from a distance. You have to figure out practical ways to step into good relationship and learn who your neighbors are, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's bringing a pizza next door because you ordered one too many, right? Mm-hmm. Or, um, you know, a well-timed note at, a, at the right time, or when you're seeing them in the parking lot, engaging in conversation, that's What are the things you're doing to accomplish the strategy? So if the strategy is love, I believe that God has invested in each of us three areas, three nuances of who we are as people that we can choose to create tactics around first being our time. Um, In 2023, I think personally, this is the highest value commodity right now, because if you ask anybody, hey, how are you doing at showcasing love Um, the first thing out of most people's mouth when you get down in real conversation, say, well, I just don't have time. I don't have time to love my wife like that. I don't have time to love my kids like that. I don't have time to love my neighbors like that. I'm having a hard time loving my coworkers like that. I had a conversation with someone recently that was asking about how to navigate a relational issue. And my answer was, uh, time's uh, around the cup of coffee. And legitimately the response was, I don't have time for that. Well, if you don't have time for that, then you you can't showcase love in that relationship. That, that, I mean, it's just going to mm-hmm. require that type of time and commitment. So time is critical. And I would ask the question, how are you using your time to showcase the love of God? And from a really practical place, what does your planner look like? Right? Are you engaged in serve ministries? Whether that looks like serving my neighbor or are you engaged in helping other people? Like, What does that look like? Does that even show up on your planner? Is that a part of your mm-hmm. scheduling? And then talents, all of us are gifted. Um, we believe, and we, we teach here. If you haven't got a chance to go, you can watch the MOVE series. It's just a big part of who we are. We believe that everybody is gifted and discovering what that gift is and then utilizing that gift to serve and celebrate and kind of love those that are around you. So, you know, if you have a specific talent and you can use it to advance a friend in your life and a career path or a hobby or something that I'm going to invest my talents into helping those around me into showcasing the love of God for those around us. Um, you know, there's been times where a neighbor would help. I remember one time we moved into um, a, a little house in, in, in our area. And um, this is before the boys. And then eventually there was the first house the boys were in. But the neighbor, like anytime I was outside working on the car, he would want to come out and help me because he was showcasing his talent and using his talent to showcase his love. Like, welcome to the neighborhood. I'm going to help you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I don't know how he knew. I knew nothing. I don't know why I was (laughs) even underneath the hood of the car except pretending like I knew what I was doing. But um, that's a, a practical way to showcase and use your talent. So time, talent, and then eventually treasures. How are you using your finances? They used to say, show me your checkbook and I'll show you your heart. Nobody carries a checkbook no more.
1: People don't even know what a checkbook is. Yeah.
0: So I think really now it would be, show me your bank statement and your planner. Because mm-hmm. I do believe that time matters.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I Just along that line, if you keep a digital planner, like I... Yeah. Put everything in my calendar. I color code it so I can look really quickly and see what time am I spending on work, what time am I spending on family, what time am I spending on my studies. It's good. And just like, so if you don't have time to kind of, with a fine tooth comb, go in and see how you're spending your time. Color coding it might be a little extra, but that's just who I am. But it is really helpful because I can yeah. pull up any given week and be like, "Oh man, I'm spending a lot of time on schoolwork this week, so I want to make sure in the long run this kind of balances out." No,
0: that's good. Um,
1: it's just a really helpful tool for me.
0: No, absolutely. So, um, where your treasures go, um, again, I think it's a revelation of your heart. So, how are you? How are you using your finances to extend the love of God, um, just from a really practical place? People are hurting. So mm-hmm. if a coworker is in a tight spot financially, are you do you have space? Like is there a thought to how you can help those coworkers if your family members, if friends? Um, I know that in seasons where it's been tough for me, I've had friends reach out. And in, in, in seasons where it's been tough for them, Jess and I have been quick to write a check or send a memo or send some Apple Cash to help people out. Um, I don't like finances to me. I really just have my perspective is it's all his and we're just stewards of that. So I've never had a problem saying, oh, well, this person's on vacation. They're hanging out with their kids. Hey, man, here's 50 bucks. Buy your kids some ice cream just because I feel like it's a way that I can show God's love. And I'm like, I love you. My wife loves you. Our church family loves you. But but ultimately also God loves you. And here's just a little something. So it's, it's a silly but practical way to say, no, I want to use our finances to extend the kingdom of God and to showcase love.
1: Yeah, that's so good. And I, you know I always like ending on practical, and this is already fairly practical, but I guess my question would be, for someone who's watching this and wants to make a shift within the next week, what would be that first step? Like where would you start to live in this reality?
0: I think the first thing is really getting your mindset right. Whenever we talk first steps, we think, super practically and i'm all about that like Mm -hmm. i don't know how many times we use that word practical on this podcast we use it all the time yeah (laughs) um but i do think that this is a shift in mindset for so many people it's such a obstacle to overcome the knocking on the door Mm -hmm. it's such an obstacle to overcome the having that weird conversation well it just feels
1: silly like yeah (laughs) I, th- I think at least for me in the back of my head, there's always like they're gonna think I'm so strange, yeah, and then I'm so worried about being rejected that I don't necessarily take that first step.
0: We'll worry about what they think. We worry about how we're gonna come off, whether they tell the neighbors. We're so worried about so many different things. Now, with that said, if you had a if you were looking outside your you were up at two in the morning for some strange reason, and you notice the noise, and you look outside your window, and you notice uh, a robber trying to get into your neighbor's house. Yes, right? this
1: has happened to me.
0: Okay, what did you do?
1: I well, I, I did what you shouldn't do, is I got feisty and started yelling out the window, but it worked out fine this time because it turns out it was my neighbors who had locked themselves <laughs> out at two in the morning and were trying to climb in a window, and um, that's how I met them.
0: <laughs> yeah, so like, I, as 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 maybe not advice. Ad- we wouldn't necessarily advise you yelling at a, a robber.
1: Yeah, call the, um, call, the police.
0: call the police. There's an urgency <laughs> mm-hmm. because you know that they're about to get robbed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Scripture is really clear. If we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, and if this is a battle that being waged in the unseen world, there is also an enemy who is looking to kill, steal, and destroy. This is not an issue of addition. What I mean by that is so many times when we think about our our our, our faith journey, it's like, oh, this is this additional thing we do. Mm-hmm. No, this is life and death when it comes to showcasing the love of God. People need to experience the love of God and there's an enemy trying to keep them from that experience. Mm-hmm. And he is working overtime in the anxiety, depression, mental health issues, issues of finances, issues of addiction. He is working overtime in what the mindset shift that needs to happen within the context of our church world is we have to step into our God ordained purpose of showcasing love at all costs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now I'm not so hesitant to knock on the neighbor's door if I know there's an enemy looking to destroy. Um, and I'm just going to tell you specifically where we live in 2023 post pandemic, people are waiting for someone to show <laughs> love. I, it is rare that I've had a door slammed in my face from just simply trying to showcase the love of God. So I, I think we just need to have a different mindset. From a practical place, a phrase that I go to all the time is how can I help you pray? Because even non-believers will accept prayer if it's with the right motive and the right heart. And then I am a person that if I ask you, hey, how can I help you pray? I don't forget. I continue to pray. I write it down. We might have a conversation a week later. Hey, how's your dad doing? I know that you asked me to pray for that. So I think that that's a great way practically. But you just need that mindset shift. Yeah, It's time for that.
1: Yeah, it's urgent. Absolutely. We, at least I don't feel like I act like much as urgent at all. Except, except that, to take it back to your original story, like I might be so consumed with that Spanish grade that I'm just not even noticing what's happening around me. But when, when we can take that shift and notice... Man, it makes such a difference. It does. And the only thing that I would add to that, not to take the urgency away at all, is that, like, we're talking about how to overcome the world, but Jesus has already overcome the world. Like, I just keep thinking about that phrase. He told his disciples, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. And so that's why, like, it's God's love working through us. So don't walk away thinking that the pressure is on you to save all of your neighbors or, you know, to save all of your coworkers and then like kind of overcorrect. You know what I'm saying? Like this is something that we get invited to be part of and to partner with God. And yes, it's urgent, but also it's his.
0: Yeah. You also have to have faith that the love of God does what the love of Mm -hmm. God does. So no, I'm not trying to save my neighbors, but I'm trying to showcase the love of God because at the end of the day, I put full faith. That the love of God restores, redeems, renews, reveals. And and we have to put our faith in that.
1: Man, I'm excited. Yeah. So we will be right back here Sunday morning, 10 a.m. We would love to see you then.